Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Today is the last day of uh, this series, a six-week series on uh, provision principles. And even though, you know, we think, wow, six weeks on one subject, it's interesting. I did what I recommended to you to do, and that was to, to get into our old podcast, the history of our old podcast, and um, I listened to a sermon there of Mark Hankins, and um, in that sermon, um, he made mention of the fact that there are about 500 verses of Scripture on the subject of of prayer and um, that's been always a really important subject to me and I've got most of those in the Bible all highlighted and all there's a lot on in the Bible about prayer about 500 on the subject of faith Mm. also a lot on the subject of faith we get like to give a lot of place to those subjects you know what there's a there's over 2,000 on the subject of finances and so we want to be uh, relative and, and, and as far as the dimension of what the Bible gives on a particular subject, six weeks isn't a whole lot to give to something that the Bible is so weighted in. Why would the Bible give so much emphasis to finance? Well, God knows, as our, our God and, and creator knows, anything, anything can be so problematic um, it would be finances. can be such a distraction and such a horrible thing in people's lives. And also, he knows this, that anything that becomes a source or a, a attraction or something that you look to instead of him may not be something that you're bowing down and worshiping. You could actually be thinking of and wringing your hands, but it exalts itself over the importance of God in your life. And is in a a very icky sort of a way, idol-like thing. And so it is so important that we know the principles of God on the subject of, of giving and receiving and prosperity and provision and what the Bible has to say about these things. I have a testimony um, of somebody from our church, Alan and and Anita Lane. Uh, He's given quite a letter here. It's jam-packed with really good things. I've kind of scaled it down, so uh, I just read a tiny bit of it to you. I just wanted to encourage you and say thank you. for what God has called us to do here at, at, at Rama, And um, he says this, he thanks, he thank you for the constant feed of the more sure word of prophecy going forth from the pulpit every week. Are you guys thankful for the word of God? Has the word um, been valuable to your life? And it makes a difference in our life. It does, doesn't it? And so anyway, so he's just thanking. He said, it, it truly has been a lifesaver to me. Um, he says, thanks to the word constantly being revealed to us, we've been blessed, oh, blessed with free holidays, 
able to cash, pay cash for two good, reliable cars. And this year, in obedience to God, after sowing a seed, we have had approximately 18,000 in extra income come our way, most of which was given to us. Yeehaw! And so, you know, I, I know that Tony has on occasion led us in a, in a confession uh, to say together that, that we're looking to God for, we're not just looking to our jobs or uh, they can be a primary channel, but they are not our source because God can give blessing and increase through all kinds of different ways. And he's led us in a confession to... to um, to uh, thank God for benefits and bonuses and increases and, and blessings and, and uh, raises and surprise, surprise blessings that come our way. That's not just to take up space in a service. That actually is an opportunity for us to receive from the bounty of God. And so Alan is just saying this, he has done this in it, and it has affected his life. Again, I want to encourage you for the work you've started. Like never before, God is moving in our lives. Um, when Ramus started, and he's been with us for many years, even at the other location, I made quality decisions to seek first the kingdom and purpose to abide in the vine as much as on my mobile phone and technology. Now all things are being added to us. Back then I made a quality decision to seek the kingdom first and again started sowing about 25 to 30%. God is doing amazing things in our life. Earlier this year, Anita drove around in her car for three weeks without any coolant in the radiator. And it wasn't because she was forgetful. That might have been my testimony, but this testimony. And in the radiator after the mechanic forgot to replace it after, during its service. Well, that's impossible in the natural. But God said he would rebuke the devourer for our sake. And her car is just fine. And another testimony is that, is that back when I finally made the decision to be on the GO team, which was uh, uh, an outreach team, I had to give up one of the two jobs I was doing in order to be on that team, representing about 25,000 of yearly income. Nine months later, we were able to pay 18,000 cash for the car I now drive. You never give up in God. You always give over to his blessings. Praise God, these are just some of the things that God is doing for us, amen. And we rejoice with him, they're not special in the sense of, uh, you know, God does that for them, and why doesn't he do that for me? Mm, as we're going to see, his blessings are for all of us, and we want to know how to participate in his blessings. Um, dirty money. We've heard of that term. We may have seen, seen it, maybe heard of it. Dirty money is, um, is basically the result of the love of money. As a, as a result of loving money. Money is not evil in itself, but the love of it produces horrible things. Greed, dirty money is associated with covetousness. I want what you have, I'll do whatever, I'll steal what you have. Or I'll get into debt so I can have what you have. 
I'm not going to let anybody get ahead of me. I want what you have. Fraud, wastefulness, even. We, there was a, an explosion day when we were at the other location, and uh, there were a couple of the, well, the whole team went out on a tra- uh, by train to go down to Queen Street Mall, and um, they all started singing Amazing Grace kind of, you know, spontaneously in the car. And uh, when they got off the train, there were uh, two girls uh, noticed that a young man just kept on looking at them. And so they engaged him in conversation. He and they found out that he was the son of um, a Hell's Angels leader. And they started talking to him. He'd say, he said, when you were singing that song, Uh, Amazing Grace, they were singing Amazing Grace, not the version that we were singing this morning, but they were singing Amazing Grace. He said, when when you were singing that song, something got got to me. I never, ever have ever had that before. Well, one thing led to another, and he asked Jesus to come into his heart. He asked if he could walk with them for a little while, and he said, I've got to get rid of something. He said, can we go by that bin over there? And they walked by a bin, and he had a bag of cash. I mean, heaps of cash. And he'd done a pickup from some something. And um, he threw it in the bin. The girls marked the bin and later came, on, came back and got it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They didn't do that. <laughs> but they... <laughs> That, that money was, was dirty, it was dirty money, and as soon as Jesus came in his heart, that money was associated with something bad, and he wanted to, to get rid of it. Well, you may not have, have gotten some income from a drug sale or pimping or something like that, something that this young man was associated with, but you, uh, there may have been something with greed or covetousness, or how about this? Just worry. Or doubt, or whatever, that just taints and dirties. So, guys, listen, we're going to uh, get into some money laundering today. How about that? So, uh, money laundering, by definition, I looked this up, uh, and uh, this is just a simple definition. They, were, they had a heap of stuff there, but we're just going to look at the top thing. It says, it's the process of transforming proceeds of crime and corruption into legitimate assets. That's, that's good. Money should be laundered. Okay? For us, in the, in, in the, the house of God this morning, Father's table, we're all gathered up here, And as children of God, citizens of the kingdom of God, this is what we're looking uh, for money money laundering to mean to us this morning, right here, is is bringing our will, our thoughts about money, our motives, our, listen to this, priorities, and our actual money into heartfelt agreement with God's kingdom principles. So we've had six weeks of just looking at kingdom principles. There's so much more. After this week and the series stops and we go on to something else, the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped. 
He's your personal tutor and guide. The book of Proverbs has lots to do with finance. There's other good teaching on that subject. Let the Holy Spirit continue to show you kingdom principles so that your money can stay clean and stay laundered. But this morning we're going to jump into Ephesians 1 and verse 3, okay? And it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say, has blessed us. I've underlined that because that word has is past tense. He has blessed us. And so there can be a craving sometimes and begging prayer for God to bless us. But this verse of scripture says he has blessed us. And notice that he's blessed us with every. Say every. No, that's what, it says every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because we're united to Christ. So there has been something put to us or given to us, we've been loaded up by God, whether we've known it or not, or known how to access it or appropriate it, we have been blessed with all spiritual, every spiritual blessing. You say, well, it says spiritual blessing. What good does that do me with my car payment, my mortgage payment, and I need a a new pair of shoes, and I need this, and I need, yeah, where does that have to do? Well, Um, If you'll go here in 2 Peter 1 and 3, notice what it says here. His divine power has, and there it is again, that that, uh, past tense. He has blessed us with, with how many things? The Bible says all things that pertain to life. What you need to do to live as well as godliness. So, yes, things spiritual, but also things that have to do with life. Your job, your your bank account, your your savings account, what your kids need, what you need to just live. All right? He has blessed us through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. He has blessed us. You, we read a verse of scripture in, in 3 John, the second verse, and, and John, by the Holy Spirit, and you know the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person in the Godhead, but the Holy Spirit is God. So in 3 John, the second verse, it is God talking to us, and this is what he says. I wish above everything that you'd prosper. That's God talking to you. I want you to prosper. You gotta be kidding, yeah. And he goes on to say, and be in health. Doesn't have a full stop on it, on the sentence. It goes on to say, as your soul prospers. So God is not interested and, and you just winning a lotto and becoming insanely wealthy and going off your gourd and being stupid, you know, and doing crazy stuff. What God wants to have happen is our life, spirit, soul, body, and every area of our life to increase and be more and more glorious to him. 
He wants this. Now let's just keep going. Psalms, the 68th chapter, notice what it says here. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Now when I looked at this verse of scripture and I looked at different translations of this verse, I found that the translators uh, translated it two different ways, two distinctly different ways. And I thought, why did they do that? And so I looked in the Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I, I, you can look at a Hebrew dictionary and, and just look at how things are. And there were, um, I could see why they did it both ways. I could see why they did. One way uh, that this verse of Scripture is translated is that daily he takes, he, uh, takes our loads. Daily he takes our loads. Well, whatever is loading you today, he, he, he wants it. He doesn't want you just on a weekly or a monthly or an annual basis, basis to unload your cares. In fact, there are many verses that show us the, the nature of God and the desire of God to take our cares every single day. Matthew, the sixth chapter, Jesus said, uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have its own worries. And so there, there are, every day there's, there's a, a, a load of cares that can come your way. But we're given this promise that daily he takes our loads when we cast them over on him. Other people may get tired of seeing you coming if you're always, if you're always dumping something on them. But actually, every time you ever come boldly into the throne room and you got cares, God is happy. He wants you to offload on him. But that is one way that the translators have translated this, and I love that way. But another main way we see in King James Version or New King James is the way that's written right up here. And that is that he daily loads us. In the first way, we load him with our cares. In this way that this, and, and both of these ways are right and is, is, is upheld by other verses of Scripture. This way is that he loads us with benefits. Have you ever talked about somebody that has a, a lot of money and we, you say they're really loaded? Don't you reckon that if there's anybody loaded, it's God? God is God is the greatest, biggest, loaded one. But what does he do with the great load that he has of all the, all the benefits and all the blessings? He doesn't hoard like maybe some other loaded person does. He actually daily is loading. He's looking for somebody to show himself strong to. He wants to share the load. Praise the name of the Lord. So he daily loads us with good things. Matthew 6, 11, Jesus said this, give us this day our, how much? Daily. Our daily bread. There is daily provision that comes from God. If you'll put Psalm 60, 68 back up there, notice it's, it's, it's once a year when you get your tax return that you get loaded. 
No, it is every single day that God is loading us. That is his way. That's what he does. Now, there was a verse of scripture that we looked at as um, another, day, another session in this series from James 1.17. It bears repeating to help us um, look at what we're looking at today. James 1.17. Notice what it says, Every, can you say every? Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Every. And it comes every once in a while. You just never know when those blessings will squirt out and God will just, you know, maybe drip out a little blessing from heaven. And then that'll be enough for all of your life. You know, you're going to have to make do with that one blessing. No. Notice it says, every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. These gifts are not squirts, not drips. These gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in him, nothing two-faced and nothing fickle. I love that verse of scripture. But notice how that these gifts are coming to us is not just with just drips or squirts. These gifts are coming in waterfall proportion, perpetually coming, always coming, always coming our direction. Look at, look at this picture. Notice, notice this. Here's a, here's a little waterfall. You wouldn't call this a cascade, but it could be a little waterfall. And notice this guy has a, has a glass here that he is putting under this waterfall. And, uh, and, he'll, and you can tell, even though it's not an emotion, but you can tell by the amount of water that you just see there that it's going to fill that glass pretty quickly. It's not just coming in drips. It's going to fill that glass pretty quickly. Now that guy's going to take that glass and he'll, he'll drink it perhaps and maybe he's thirsty and he'll, he'll go back and he'll put his hand and this glass back underneath that waterfall and get him a second glass. Maybe he's not that thirsty, but maybe he's going to fill that glass back up and now he's going to take it and give it to a friend who is thirsty. Maybe he'll do that. But while he's taking time to drink, while he's giving it to somebody else, you know what is happening with this little waterfall? It's still running. The portion that he got in a satisfying himself is just a little portion of what is perpetually coming. Even when he's not listen to this, guys, even when he's not receiving, the blessing is still coming. The waterfall is still coming. You know, we see a glass here. I reckon if he had a bigger, if he had a bigger container, he could get more. Like maybe if he needed to uh, boil pasta. I know about that because he'll tell me to go fill the thing with, with water so he can make. Uh, so, but you've got to have more. You've you got to have a bigger container if you're going to have more water. 
Some people, some people, they, when they put their, their life to receive something from the Lord, they, they just give him, here, fill that up. Fill that up. And then, and this is to last them the week. Here we go. And they spritz their little, their kids with that, maybe spritz, spritz a little something, and yet we got to make this last. we got to make this last because it's, it's what we got. I got this from God. God blessed me. Oh, how pathetic. Can God do more? I reckon he can. But not, he can't do much with a thimble. He could, he could do a lot more if there was more capacity to receive, don't you reckon? He doesn't tell you, come and fill up, but then you gotta go to the end of the line. Everybody's gotta get their share. You can have as much as you want, as much as you can receive. So go to, uh, look at this next picture here. That, that's a happier picture. <laughs> He, he forgot the glass. He just put himself right, in, right there. We used to say in Pentecostal circles, under the spout where the glory comes out. So there he is. Even though he's being drenched in, in this cascade into this waterfall that is perpetually, he's being drenched in it. There's only a certain amount that he can actually ingest. I, I looked at heaps of pictures on, on Google yesterday, and there were a lot of them with, with people standing under a waterfall with their mouth open. And while the water, maybe a bit, was going in their mouth, there was, a, there was way more going all over them. That their mouth could only accommodate just a little bit. But sometimes we've measured the ability of God to give by our ability to receive. And it is not so. God is giving way more than what we are receiving. So I'd like you to look at this verse of Scripture in Hebrews 11th chapter and verse 39. Now, Hebrews 11 for those of you that are familiar with Hebrews 11, it's a famous chapter in Hebrews and a famous chapter actually in the whole Bible because it's a compilation of, of people that did exploits by faith. And they, uh, you know, Joshua, where the walls came down, is in that chapter. He's listed there. Moses is in there. Uh, Abraham's in there the three Hebrew children that were in the fiery furnace and came out with not even the smell of smoke, they're in there. So we got a whole list of heroes of faith that did amazing and supernatural exploits by faith. Look at what it says. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Look at this last phrase. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. wow, can God do more than what we've ever seen him do? What would it look like? What would a human look like that can receive all that God has to give? What would a person look like? i tell you what they look like. 
Let's all say his name. Can we say his name? Say it out loud. That's what a person looks like that can receive all that God is. John, the first chapter, says that we beheld his glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. And not only was he full of grace and truth, he didn't just have a little, he didn't just have a little grace and some truth and, and, and we're going to spread it and maybe hope that we, it'll do us until we get into at least Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. But Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're off the rails. No. He was full of grace and truth. And the Bible said, of his fullness, we have all received you know what sometimes happens is people can have, you know, have enough, get, get enough to do okay at work and, and maybe be okay at work, but they absolutely pour themselves out there and when they get home, they're mean as blazes to their own family because they just don't have any more to give. That's why people sit on the couch and say, don't talk to me, I don't have any more to give. That's what... Uh, we, we see that even Jesus, after his, after his beloved cousin got beheaded, he went, alo- he went away alone so he could he'd just be alone after something so traumatic. And when he got to that place he wanted to be alone, there was a whole multitude of people that wanted help. And he didn't say, leave me. <laughs> Go away. I've had it up to here. (laughs) Nowhere in scripture did Jesus ever say, I've had it up to here. You know why? Go back to the happy man under the water fountain. (laughs) Jesus had enlarged his ability to receive and, 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 and he actually became an extension of the cascade himself. If you could get to Jesus, what he was drinking came through his life in cascade proportions. Is it possible for us to enlarge our ability to receive? Well, we're going to look at that today. Hebrews 11.39 is a very challenging verse of scripture. They didn't receive all. Guys, why don't, let's just see Let's just see what God could do more in our life if we didn't have such skinny receptivity. If we could widen up our receiving from such a good God. Let's look at Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 and verse 10 I didn't have it up here, it was too bad because it's actually a tremendous verse of scripture. Actually, that whole chapter is. But the verse of scripture before talks about people who pour their life out and pour out what they have to, to bless the poor and help people, all right? There's a promise to those people in verse 11 and it says, the Lord will guide you continually. He'll satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden. That means your life 
will be a watered garden. Every area of your life nourished and supplied beautifully by God. And, and, and his, his blessing coming in and your life being a watered garden. All right? But not only that, the blessing of the Lord is never just only about you. God doesn't increase you just so that you can be privately blessed, individually and privately blessed. No. He increases us and he blesses us. And look at the second part of this verse. And he says, and, not just a garden, and like a spring of water. So God's blessing, God's cascade of blessing and good to you does water your life. But God never intended for you just to hoard that blessing. He also makes your life a spring of water. And notice what it goes on to say, whose waters do not fail. Isn't that good? Whose waters do not fail. Now look at this, um, this river. If you'll just look uh, at how this river is going. I found this on YouTube. And I found that... Um, it, it goes for three hours. You can, you can actually find this on YouTube and watch that river or not watch it. You can just let it run. It actually has a sound to it, you know, the sound of a river. It'll play for three hours. And so I've arranged it for us to stay here for three hours today. We're going to watch the whole live long thing. And no, we won't. But I wanted you to see that as long as we are watching here, that that water is running. It's perpetually, it's perpetually running. There is no place in this riverbed uh, where that water is that is not being constantly refreshed, constantly fed by this river. Isn't that wonderful just to look at? And this is what this verse of Scripture says, that our lives are to look like this. Well, for this picture to actually, or for there to actually be a river, there are two parts of a river, basic parts. There is the giving, or the receiving, up, up top, there is the receiving and the giving. The receiving and the giving. The receive, every single part of this river receives and gives simultaneously. It's a natural process. It's a constant and perpetual natural process. Now, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. This is a familiar verse of Scripture. But I'd like us to look at it with what we've just read here in mind. And it says, God will generously provide how much? Let's say that word again. Mm-hmm provide all you need, then you will always have everything. Say, I always have everything. As far as his provision is concerned, I always have everything I need and plenty left over 
to share with others. Well, that's what that river, there's no place in this river that is lacking or this riverbed that is lacking replenishment. It's constantly being fed and there's plenty to give on. The next verse says, as the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their deeds, good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Now, I didn't put this one up, but verse 11, if you're taking notes, verse 11, the first part of verse 11 is so important. I'm going to read it to you. Listen very carefully. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. That's the picture of a river. A river is able to constantly be generous, constantly be given. Why? Because it's constantly being enriched. If you're constantly receiving, you can constantly give. Not because somebody is coaching that river and say, give it up. You need to give that. You need to give that water. You don't have to tell a water or a river to give what it's, it's generously receiving. It just does generously give. So Jesus said this. He said, freely you have received what? Freely giving is based upon freely receiving. If we receive little, we give in accordance to that. But if we can receive bigger, knowing that he is constantly giving to us, we're able to constantly give. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter in verse, well, let's go on, let's go on to, um, Let's go on to something so important here. When, when there is a fixation not upon the, the replenishing and the giving of our God and the goodness of our God, when our attention drops down to what we need, a lack, something that isn't right, something that's making us sad, when we fixate on that, the, what happens in our river life is much like a boulder or a rock. And put up that picture of what then, uh, th it looks like this to me. I found this, it's called a uh, river dried up by a dam. What ends up happening, and this is a picture, a monument to, to uh, individual thoughts, worries, concerns, wrong, uh, wrong concepts, a, a complete disregard or a, a lack of regard for what God is giving and a fixation on what I don't have, and what I need, and that this isn't happening good for me and that's been taken away from me and that's been stolen. Each of those rocks represent that and it'll end up damming up your river. Those kind of thoughts do. And because you're not receiving, it's not because God isn't giving, but because you're not receiving the benefit, you're not receiving the replenishing, guess what happens downstream? You don't, you're not giving. 
not giving. Why? Because those thoughts actually dam up the potential of your life being a river. So what we want to look at today is a tool that will help enlarge us to receive more from God. You want to know that? And I tell you, there's probably, there's probably uh, quite a few and we've looked at different, different principles about this whole subject, but we're going to hone in on one thing today as far as a tool that will help us to receive or to enlarge our ability to receive. And the tool is, here we go, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You use thanksgiving as a tool to wrench your eyes and attention off of lack, off of things that are making you whinge, making you feel sorry for yourself. Use thanksgiving to get your attention off of the lack and off of the, on to the great provider who is all the while cascading good things to you, <laughs> he just needs you to receive. Just receive. Thanksgiving is a tool. And we, wa we want to get good at it. Yesterday when I was just praying for all of us that would be here today and, and what God would want to say, I, I just heard, I heard some prayers coming up from people. And they were like, why, why don't I have enough? Why does bad things always happen to me? It seems, like, it seems like I'm always coming up short. Why does this happen to me? I, it seems like good things happen to other people. and they, Why doesn't this happen to me? And that isn't maybe what everybody is saying, but I heard this, and God want, wants to just help that. That, even though that may be directed at God, why... Why aren't I blessed like other people? Why do I have lack in my life? Why does it always seem that I, I lose out? And it's directed at God. The thing about it is, is that that prayer is not, is not even uttered with the regard of truth. It is a complete uh, a fixation on the lack and as much energy as it takes to say those whingy things, <laughs> as much energy as it says to talk about those things, maybe even to your own self or to other people, to say those things to other people, you could use that same energy and the same mouth to thank God. What are you thankful for? Let's be thankful. Let's acknowledge what is, what good things. Is there anything good happening? Let's be thankful. Because as soon as you become thankful, what ends up happening is that, is that your glass to receive from that cascade, actually, can you hand me that cup really fast, Lindy? Is there something in it? Oh, no, I don't want anything. I'll have to drink it real fast. <clears throat> What whinging does is this, in a cascade. And you say, why don't I have anything? Why, why isn't anything good happening in my, in my life? 
God's doing, other people are receiving, why aren't I receiving? How about if you turn the cup up the other way? Thanksgiving is this. Acknowledging what has God done. Well, let's look. What do we thank God for? You thank God, uh, you, you could thank God weekly, you could thank him monthly. But if God is daily loading us with good things, how about we thank him daily? Not just when other people are coaching us, but why don't we be thankful every single day? So what could we thank him for? His wisdom, his faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, his favor, people, health, things, seed to sow. He's he's so merciful. He's so good. People, maybe people have hurt you. Maybe people have left you. But what about the ones that haven't? Sometimes we'll whinge for a long time about about one person that has, has done us wrong. What about all the people that are doing us right? Well, let's start thanking God. Thank God all uh, and lift up a praise for the ones that haven't. Health. You say, well, I've got pain in my body. Does any other part of your body work? Is any other good thing happening in your body? What ends up happening sometimes is we'll, we'll focus in on the one place that's this pain, the one place that's, that's not working. I'm telling you, there's all kind of working parts in your body. Thank God for them. Be mindful of them. Health, things. Yeah, there may be some things that you need, but are you thankful for the things you have? your bed, your house, whatever you have as a car, whatever, whatever God has put in your hands, well, let's thank him for them because uh, that thanksgiving is a way of receiving from him, ends up being a way of receiving from him. Things even to sow. God's given us seed to sow. Now, uh, let's look at another tool. If we looked at a tool to enlarge our ability to receive, let's look at the tool to enlarge our ability to give. What is the, abil- what is the first tool? Thanksgiving. <laughs> if we're going to be a bigger giver, the best way to be a bigger giver is to realize what's coming in. Daily thanksgiving will enlarge you to give more. Guys, listen, what ends up happening, if we get fixated on what isn't, what, like a lack, what ends up happening is these boulders end up making you afraid that more's not coming in. So we'll hang on to what we've got. In fear, hanging on to what we have. And start hoarding what we have. If you know much is come, more than what you could need is coming in. You know what you end up doing? You open up your arms and you let things go through. Praise the name of the Lord. If he is faithfully giving you, constantly giving you, and replenishing you, you can afford to give. You don't hold on and hoard. You let it go. Praise the name of the Lord. So the first tool in in ability to give is thankfulness for what he's given us. Then the second thing is give daily. 
if God is loading us daily, then let's give daily. We can give when we do give, uh, you know, and go ahead and go to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter here. It says that remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. It's He who gives us power to get wealth. Why? So that He can establish His covenant. The greatest thing that God has ever done is give His own Son to the world. And he wants to establish the knowledge of that everywhere in the world. And he gives power to get wealth so we can do. Well, we give when we come to church. We give and we give. But you don't have to just only give on, on Sunday. Of course, we give our tithe and we give offerings and all. But you're, if you're constantly being replenished and you're constantly aware of what you have and such as you have, you such as you have, you give. And if you're freely receiving, like Jesus said, you freely, freely receive, you freely give. If you're doing that, if you're able to do that, there is no hoarding. There's no holding back. Every day is a day of giving. While you're giving thanks to what you have, you get to looking around, you say, oh, I have plenty of that. I'm going to share, share what I have. Oh, I've got more than enough of that area, of that, of that thing. I'm going to give that away. Oh, I've got some, thank you for seed to sow. I'm going to give that away. It'll come in. Somebody will bless you with some. And, and right when you get it, you'll think, this isn't mine. This is to be given to somebody else. Have you ever had that happen? Get blessed with something and you think, mm, I'm just to hand this off to somebody else. What a blessing to be a cascade ourselves when we're hooked up to the great cascade, to God, the great giver. We can give and give and give perpetually. Praise the name of the Lord. When I was praying, and, and I'd like the ushers to get ready, when I was praying uh, about all of us today, and if the musicians could please come. Um, I felt the Lord giving this challenge. And, he's, and I wrote this down when I was praying yesterday. He said, uh, God is giving more than you are receiving. He said, I'm giving more than people are receiving. I want to challenge all of us today. He wants, through his word, to challenge all of us to receive bigger. He wants to enlarge us so that we receive bigger. And we see through his word how to do it. Through thanksgiving, purposefully thanksgiving, and also through giving. You can, you can count your blessings, praise the name of the Lord, and live in thanksgiving. You know, uh, and I was thinking about it this morning, the, um, when you start living in a world of thanksgiving, everything pops up to you. You think, oh, I'm thankful for that. Oh, I'm thankful for that. Where you used to notice the bad, you start noticing the good all the time. And maybe you just didn't notice anything. Well, then you start noticing things on purpose. And, and nature is for you. And good thing. you look at things in your house and you're thankful all over again gifts that were given to you a long time ago. You start thanking God for those things. 
gift is beautiful. Um, I, I like kookaburras. Why do I suffer with that name? It's embarrassing here in Australia. But I really think those birds are the coolest birds. They're, they've got the biggest heads, the cutest birds. So I, I bought some meat quite a while ago to, to draw them to our house, and all I drew was crows. I had crows coming. This morning when I looked out of my window, there were two big fat kookaburros, whatever those birds are. And I took it personal. Thank you, Lord, for bringing those birds to my house. You go look outside and see trees rather than, you know, just trees. No, they're for me to enjoy this world that I'm in. Be thankful. Let's live in thanksgiving. Praise the name of the Lord. The reason we are putting the offering here at the end is very purposeful. We want to give today to just exercise what we've just heard. We want to give in response to how blessed we are. So I got a, a confession for us to say together. Let's all say this together. Lift up your voice so you can hear it with your own ears, okay? Father God, I worship you today and thank you for your goodness to me. I acknowledge that you have blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Thank you for the greatest blessing of your presence with me and in me today. In your person is everything important. I thank you for your wisdom, for your faithfulness today. Your mercy is new today and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for your grace to help and strengthen me and for your favor that surrounds me everywhere I go. As I acknowledge you, I give you more say and more place in my life and through my life. Thank you for the people you've put in my life and my health, and for providing healing for me. Thank you for every financial and material blessing. I acknowledge them. Thank you for providing me seed to sow today. I'm your child, and I love to give because I'm receiving more and more. I'm able to give more and more. Praise the name. Can you just put your hands up and let's love our loving Father, our giving Father. Oh, you give and you give and you give and you give and you perpetually give to us. Thank you for all that you give to us. Amen. We're just so grateful, so grateful for it. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.